Josh, you're pretty tall. You're big. You want to join us? Yeah, I got to be the bottom. I'm the bottom. I got to be the bottom. <laughs> it's the bottom. All right, so we have everyone here, right? I right? I hope yeah, so. wait, Chase wait, is here. Hello, Chase. How are you doing? Waiting for good, Crinkles guys. to get... 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 Is he what? talking? No, I'm here. It's Crinkle. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just... Um, it's not, Matt, but... you sound like you might be a little farther from the microphone than... I mean, I like to lean in a little further. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I... lean in a little closer. Just a little closer. Your, your nose should touch it, and then yeah, it'd be nice if you guys breathe deeply. It's weird. It's not my mic. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> try try, try yeah, talking careful. That's the, the toilet mic. <laughs> That's the toilet mic. It is the toilet mic. Welcome to the New Grounds podcast. Today's episode hosted by Zinzinix. Yeah, thanks. Goodbye, Josh. Goodbye. I don't know why you got all these people together and just left them in a room with me. This weird sweaty kid just like staring at him like, hey, dude, when I was fucking six years old, you animated Man is Combat. No fucking big deal, dude. Let's fucking, let's do this shit. Whee! All right. Uh, so we're all warmed up in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Newgrounds podcast. Today, we have a very special episode, and we're going to be celebrating the release of Madness, Project Nexus, a seven-year game that has finally come out. You know Madness by the franchise. It's those great dudes. They shoot each other in the face. Some of them die, come back to life. There's an auditor. There's code. There's Jesus. There's everything you would ever want, and lots of blood, too. So I would like to introduce to you and the wonderful audience that's been waiting around for a little bit. <coughs> Crinkles, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, uh, no, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Do, doing wonderful. We also have the Swain. Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing, I like that intro, so I want to use it. I'm doing great, wonderful. How about yourself? Hans, <laughs> fresh from a car accident, you didn't want us to bring it up, but I feel really bad, so we're going to bring it up. We need a GoFundMe for this hit-and-run driver. If there are any character profilers in the in the audience, feel free to draw what Hans saw today, backing into his car. Hans, introduce yourself. Welcome to the show. Hi. Are we already starting? I'm doing, I'm doing wonderful. How about you? <laughs> and then Chase, welcome to, welcome to the show. This is Input Unknown on Newgrounds. Currently, he's E-Knight in Discord, and he's also known as Chase Langley, a man of three names. Yes. Introduce. I'm, int I'm, uh, hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. No, it's, it's great. Uh, we're doing it live. I think I think out of anybody, you are the least known here. So I'm I would like Chase Langley to do his own introduction. Could you I explain? Mean, to my the mother doesn't even know who I am. So uh, no, just kidding. I, a long time, long time Newgrounds uh, participant, just not as well known. Uh, I am kind of known as I guess probably now the live action Newgrounds guy. Back in 2012, we tried to get a live action Newgrounds uh, series going via Kickstarter. And we just missed the mark, but uh, still keeping that live-action Newgrounds vibe strong. And uh, yeah, super stoked to be here talking about what we did with Proud So if anything you want to know about Chase, it's that he brought a live-action scene to Newgrounds. Obviously, you don't see too many people actually filming what they do. Instead, you're given kind of a treat 
from Chase and and Hans actually who came out with Mutton Chops and like they said they tried kickstarting a series as well and they just barely missed it so we're talking about actual filmmakers which is not something we normally have on the show so it's kind of exciting Hans would you would you like to describe yourself and give yourself a little introduction as well Sure. Um, my name is Hans Van Harken, a.k.a. Almighty Hans on Newgrounds. And I made my account maybe like in 2004, but I'd been like aware of Newgrounds since like I was like 11. I was aware of it, but I was like an actual participant around when I was like 13, 14. Um, but um, I'm also kind of a little bit known as the live action guy on Newgrounds. Maybe that's why me and Chase are such good friends, because I'm one of the, my first like hits on Newgrounds was called Animation Invasion. And that's where I'm like attacked by these cartoon characters that jump out of the screen and it was like a mix of me acting in live action with characters like animated on top of me um uh i have become since since animating worked on a few live action projects uh one of which notably with chase called mutton chops uh we we shot all that in the desert it's a web series you can watch on youtube and on Ugrounds. When, um, when when did you come out how old were you when you when you made animation creation uh, animation vision was 15, yeah, invasion. Fi- 15 15 years old 15 years old I well i was i filmed myself when i was 15 and i think by the time i was done animating it it was like i was 16 so now it's become a, a full-blown habit of making films and starring in animations as well as a voice actor swain we gotta move what? down the list swain joined new grounds uh, in 2005 hans joined in 2004 input unknown joined in 2005 swain give yourself an introduction to the people please uh, hi, people. So uh, I'm Michael Swain. I go by the Swain, actually the Dash Swain on Newgrounds. Uh, I think I chose that name because one, it's my name, but also uh, the Dash is because I didn't want people calling me the Swain or something. Um, that's a true story. It's not a good story, but it's a true story. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been lurking Newgrounds since uh, 2000. There was a gap in there, but I came back around 2003, 2004 to start watching. Um, I think it was uh, Burnt Faceman, uh, David Firth's cartoon uh, that came out around the same time as Salad Fingers that drew me in. Um, oh, yes. I loved it. I loved the style. I was heavily inspired. So for about a year, I started practicing my uh, flash skills, which never really got very good, but I practiced nevertheless and put out my first uh, cartoon called Blockhead in 2005, September, I think it was. So, um, yeah, that's it's been a long, weird run. Um, An animator, game maker, collaborator, Swain, yep, yep. seven-year project, eight-year project, I think. Cause, uh... No, stop it. It's only... Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. It's only... We started conceptualizing at the end of uh, 2013 for the game we're working on now, Project Nexus. Well, right. Madness Project Nexus. Um, so it's been, it's been really... a long... It's been yeah, a long time coming. Yeah, it, it, it has. It, it will have been eight years if you think about the like kind of pseudo development stuff. But really, we kind of look at it as um, from when the Kickstarter launched is when we actually uh, put on our big boy pants. Right. And we'll we'll go over this a little bit later. Yeah. I would like to get to the trailer first. Also, last but not least, big drum roll. Crinkles, how are you doing? Hi, hello. Yes. Hi, hello. Yes. Would you like to give yourself an introduction, even though no introduction is needed? Go ahead, Crinkles. Tell everybody uh, what yeah, you're sure. about. I'm Crinkles, or I'll I'll respond if you call me Matt, too. Um, I got into Newgrounds, like, way, way back. Um, I think I was, like, three days after Tom made the uh, sign-up system, like, I was in there. Because I've been watching Newgrounds, like, ever since Pico's, like, the Pico school game was still in development. Um, so, like just having having watched the portal kind of grow from this thing that he would put stuff into 
to this automated thing that we know now is has been a trip that's for sure not only someone that contributed a lot to the culture but you're also someone who witnessed its development you actually joined newgrounds 1999 like you were saying while pico school was still in development so you're you're one of those few people who have seen newgrounds from its really early stages yeah yeah when like it was it was not an autonomous site like it is now like there was nothing really to it just a few pages of uh tom's work really but that was enough to like be super super fucking inspiring absolutely and that inspiration is I'm, i'm sure a lot of people have felt inspired since that time and which is why we see so many creative products today about animations flash games why you see uh-huh. animation like the way it is with some people who still give love back to newgrounds even though they're working professionally now oh yeah it's, it's incredible to see so we're all here we're all here for one reason and uh i forget what that is I'm, i might be a little a little crazy today a little mad today um there's something that came out after after seven asterisk seven years of development and it's called madness project nexus and currently we have a trailer out for it and it's interesting to see madness in that trailer because it's live action you see actual human beings interacting as hank and acting as the the grunt that gets shot in the head as well you're, you're getting a little bit of personality that you normally don't get from the 2d figures so i would like to ask who is scale studios and, and why did you go with them to make this trailer Wait, is, who's the question too? I'd, I'd prefer Hans and uh, Chase answer that one. But, All right, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Hans. We can answer Chase. the. We can. Me and Chase can answer the who is Skell Studios, and then you can answer why you went to us. Why don't you tell us why we? So Skell Studios is basically just the um, the brand, the label, the team, the troop of talent that we formed when we made Mutt and Chops, which is that live action web series I mentioned. That was the first time me and Chase directly and fully work together on a project right a lot, yeah, like a lot under, that, under yeah. our own combined like production forces yeah or our house so to speak <laughs> yes exactly so scale studios at the time was me chase and my roommate carlos at the time carlos who plays chops was my roommate and it was basically us three plus some extra help from a lot of friends um that made it happen but it really was a very tight-knit group um yeah. and yeah I was going to say the origin of the name Scale Studios also kind of came from that mentality of what can we accomplish with this, like a skeleton crew, you know, just very minimal creatives coming together and creating something kind of, so to speak, like hitting above your weight class. <laughs> exactly. Like right. a bare, bare bones team. Something, something that through your own product, you can kind of show that we have the talent or at least the drive and the, the motivation to create something that has this high product to it as just... And and I'm I'm quoting your guys's like little bio. It says Scale Studios is just three creative friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a lot you can do with that. And then also with Mutton Chops, a lot not very many people know that Tomar was on that, and that mm-hmm. you guys you guys not only have this passion for filmmaking, but it, it it's it's fun enough to where other people can get involved as well. And it doesn't have to be like some giant project project, but and I think. I think uh, Scale Studio was founded in 2017. If, yeah, if... basically, at the end, at the end of 17, um, December, December 2017. Yeah, is when uh, I think the concept of Mutton Chops was born, and then we really started getting like I started making the costumes January 2018. So, what made you guys want to do filmmaking instead of everything else? Uh, I, th- I think that 
for Hans and I, we've always just been kind of like lovers of film in general. And, and uh, I, th I think that animation kind of, when you're young, especially animation is probably like one of the best entry points into, you know, moving pictures. <laughs> you don't have to have a crew of people. You don't have to have the money for gear and sets and everything. It's, it's, it's really kind of equivalent to the visual version of writing where you don't need to have all of these practical resources to tell really whatever story you want. Um, so 100%. I think it was like a, a natural progression from storytelling in a visual medium into going into uh, to filmmaking. Uh, but Hans, yeah, like, please. No, I mean, I agree. I think like me and me and um, Chase are like cinematically inclined and then animation was kind of like a means to practice, like you said, motion picture visual storytelling, all that good stuff. Um, and so this to me, like working with Chase initially uh, on Mutton Chops and Forming Skell was kind of like a, a long time coming. Like we knew we were going to eventually work on something together at some point because we had been friends on Newgrounds for a while, you know? Yeah. Uh, or because we had been friends because of Newgrounds for a while. And actually, more specifically, just to kind of jump the gun a little bit, like uh, madness in general has been just such a huge overlap in kind of the the formation of our friendship. I mean, we used to have AOL Instant Messenger conversations until like two in the morning talking about, you know, oh, what if, you know, what, what, would, what would sort of the live action version of madness be like? You know, we all we both had like these movie ideas that we bonded over over. Now, when was that? When was that? When when were you guys talking about doing live action madness? Has this been a long time coming? Or since five or six or something? I think. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most and, at most of our lives at this point, actually. Yeah, at least at least half. <laughs> and you finally got to make it reality. What's What's wild to me is most of your peers are animators. They are the voice actors. They're they're the artists. They're the musicians. I I barely ever see a filmmaking community on Newgrounds because there's no film. There's not really um, a movie forum or a way to project that you do self-made films. You know, YouTube's kind of seen as the enemy, and that's the main platform for live action. Which is why I'm surprised, Crinkles. What made? What's your allure to to the live action representation of madness? What made you want the trailer to be live action? Because, I mean, the madness characters have always been like really buried and abstract, like their heads, their hands, their bodies. Like it's it's. It, the imagination can play around on top of it like pretty well um it's it's been shown so like to have for the first half of the trailer to be like distinctly concrete and like play around with that uh you know like a human actor going around doing things like it was super appealing so um like it, it felt like natural progression that i'd like to see this sort of happen at some point and and uh i'm i'm just guessing swain is in agreement with that have we all envisioned live action madness and I'm gonna ask the audience too. Have you guys ever thought of live action madness being a thing? It's it's had. I mean, it's come up with um, Hans and I have like chatted about it before. Like um, in the in the normal days of uh, Newgrounds meetups and conventions like Comic Con, where we'd all go and attend and get to hang out with each other in person. Uh, Hans and I have like mused about this sort of thing before. So I know this has been on Hans's mind for a while. Um, I, I have I have empirical evidence and I've witnessed it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I've had it in my head that that a it could be done because Hans is a, is an absolute true believer, and <laughs> if anybody could do it, it would be Hans. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. I'm delighted, but not surprised that he's proved me right and proved himself right. So I mean, in that regard, I I mean, I'm I, I think it was it was a natural progression. There's just like Matt said, it was it was going to happen eventually, and I'm glad that we got to do this with people that we trust and love and who have such an amazing creative vision. 
Tell studio, everybody. Hans and I, I just want to really quickly disclaimer that I didn't think I could do it with like <laughs> un, unless Chase was was on board because that guy, yeah, like oh, you, know, you like, guys, yeah, you guys oh, completed man. it together. It's yeah. It's, oh no, no. But I'm also just I'm not like it's just like Chase really is like a visual wizard, and so it's the kind of thing where when you sit down and workshop, okay, now we're doing it. How do we do it? Chase is the perfect person to do it with. Cause like he's he's very he, like you just. It's not just uh your fan your 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 our our fandom for madness. It's like I think our forces combined are what it needed for it to happen. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of conversations and and manifestation with with that. And at the time too, when Hans and I you know were dreaming about it, uh, like I don't know what your relationship was with Crinkles or with Swain at this time, Hans. But like I I, I didn't even have a clue that you even had a line on them. You know, so it's like it's wild. <laughs> Like, uh, I'm, I'm like just so stoked that it, you, you know, you and I have always talked about like, uh, or even just recently just reaffirming, like, you know, like, man, we, we really couldn't have done this without each other because our skill sets not only overlap, but like really complement each other mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. And, and I think that what we accomplished and, you know, what we, what we see madness's potential to be in the live action space is just, it, it we couldn't do it without each other for sure. And I agree. It, at least not you, the way that we're doing it. <laughs> and it sounds like if it weren't for like the platform of Newgrounds having madness or all these other like kooky antics going on, you wouldn't have been inspired to do filmmaking. Is what it feels like. Maybe there are other inspirations. In oh between. no, I mean Newgrounds for sure was. I mean, uh, for so many of us, but I can only speak for myself. Was such a huge creative force in terms of you know even making me feel like this sort of creativity was possible or even just giving the venue i mean this was pre-youtube this was pre really even like a, any sort of multimedia upload site i mean newgrounds was at the forefront of that and the community i always talk about how kitsch these days they're so soft but it's like you know you weren't you weren't making it on newgrounds unless someone was shitting all over your work and at the same time people were you know lifting you up you know above the rest so it it really uh kind of set the tone for the internet and, and i don't know it, it's crazy to me to see how many people are really like torn down by internet feedback these days where i'm like oh man you did not post on newgrounds <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah no right. that's that's a general consensus is that you get actual feedback on newgrounds you'll be told if you suck and you'll want to get better like that's just yeah, well because you gotta you gotta build up that callus you know oh absolutely you're only being judged by your peers so it feels it's honestly supposed to feel rewarding because it's your peers yeah they can say mean things but most people aren't going to give you bad feedback unless they're trying to help you improve or you know there can be bad feedback but with newgrounds it just feels like there's there's a more likeliness of people to give you feedback based on what you made and try to make you better at it that's how it feels i have a question matt and swain in relation to the question you gave um is uh was it mutton chops that made you guys kind of go okay let's ask him if they're ready you know if they want to do like what was it like after watching mutton chops specifically that made you go okay i think we should make this a live action trailer was there something specifically tied to that or i i actually struggle to remember exactly where it started um, i don't know hans if it's because this is one of those things the idea of a live action madness is one of those mm. things that just kind of like i don't know if it's the zeitgeist of it or what but it feels like it's always been there we, we all mm. kind of like right We've always like like we felt like this was the only place it could have gone. But what made us finally pull the trigger on that? I I actually don't remember, which is kind of a lame cop out answer. But no, that's fine. I'll I'll just imagine that it was like 
me and Chase made mutton chops and we finally proved we could do it. Right. And then you said, and then you, we kneeled and united us and let us like do this live action venture. <laughs> I oh, think, I think from the sound of it, it sounds like they had it in their brain fucking seven years ago when the idea was conceived. They're like, there's going to be live action madness eventually. And if well, it yeah. just finally came together. I mean, namely that um, the, the truth to it, I think, is that but folks don't know is that uh, Hans and Chase basically made this commercial for us. Quinn essentially finished like 95% of it like three years ago or longer. Like we've been sitting on this for a very long time. Yeah. But, Wait, are you serious? It was already yeah. done three yeah, years ago. This be. was filmed in 2018. No yeah. way. Yeah, the commercial was filmed in 2008. That's when you look at like that me, like me in the Hank costume is like I'm, I'm 28. And I'm 31 now. <laughs> oh man, you like I yeah. used to be skinnier. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> baby face Hines, man. Yeah. Um, I I like that mutton chops helped push you into that too. I, the the just the the experience you got from mutton chops was like, hey, here's mm. this. And and if anyone wants to hear the mutton chops episode from the Newgrounds mm. podcast, I think it's number 43. Yeah. And and Hans actually brings up, he's like, I would kill to do live action madness, and it's it's crazy to think it was already done. And yeah. in waiting, like five percent needed more. Oh, Hans, you beautiful liar! So, so no, let me. I just nice. wanted to keep people excited. Yeah. Let me let me toss you guys an idea. All right, what if? All right, now get this. Ready? What if I'm holding my hands up? I go, what if? Right, I'm right next to you. I'm like, what if Madness Netflix live action? What would that be like? What do you think that would be like? Would they would they destroy <laughs> it? Would they shit all over it? It'd have to be hard R. It'd have yeah. to be hard R. Yeah. Who would they? Who would they, who would Netflix cast for for live action madness? If you had, if you could uh, have an all star cast Pratt, for madness, uh, what was the cast of the Mario movie? Chris Pratt, Charlie, Chris Day. Pratt, <laughs> um, Charlie Day, uh, oh Seth. Jack Black as the sheriff. Yeah, Jack Black, right? Yes, the auditor. Yes. Yes. Right. So so let me ask you this. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this then, Hans. What what was it like to become the embodiment of Hank? Like, what parts of his actually, personality did you pull from? That's a good uh, question. I actually, me and Chase, Chase, I'd like to talk about this with you because, like, we went through a whole process of trying to kind of like. First of all, we obviously have like certain we you know we have the backlog of personal ideas for like what a madness movie should be, right? But what we tried to do with this commercial is hit the tone that the video game hits, right? Yeah. Like, so 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 that was kind of one of the fun parts where it's like we wanted to lean more into the comedy more into the like the kind of like this sort of like dark sadistic sort of sense of humor you know so we had a kind of we had to kind of like workshop that a little bit uh do you remember what that was like chase because even even the physicality of hank like trying to figure out like what is like slightly funnier hank look like you know <laughs> like no, totally. and, and, and <laughs> acting through the mask and stuff like what was that like from your end as a director directing me as we're kind of like like figuring out what that what that was like you yeah, know what, what... well first off you you did so f fucking phenomenal with the costume and uh something we talked about specifically with that was how we would approach the goggles because with someone with a character that's so masked up and covered uh that was probably going to be the main focus of the um character the characterization you know what i mean and so i think one of the first conversations we had is what size of goggles we wanted to go with and because you know we were trying to hit this sort of more cel-shaded animate or you know uh, animation type live action look uh we really kind of were drawn towards these mm -hmm. large eyes for the goggles so it immediately alongside with the uh, the 2d cartoon style reflections that we went with in, in post uh you kind of 
know what you're in for from that first frame. As soon as you see Hank, you you see this larger than life character. So I think that mm -hmm. was like one of the main first visual reads we did. But then we always, you know, there's this whole <laughs> there's this whole conversation online about do madness characters have arms and legs? And I, and I love it, you know, and, and we've seen, you know, obviously they started out with the, the floating appendages, but we've seen so many artists and interpretations of the madness characters with arms and legs. Uh, and uh, and so what we really wanted to do too with that was, well, if we can't do a one-to-one -one creation of those floating appendages what can we bring to the physical performance to ensure that we're still giving that characterization of hank and han something that we worked with and that i loved and i thought you totally nailed was just that weird you know that hobble that hank has when he walks i mean and crinkles mm -hmm. i don't know maybe you could speak to that i don't know if that was a creative decision or I, I also on madness day heard you talking about how you hate animating feet but just that <laughs> weird little hobble he has i think it's, it gives him so much character and and if you watch the trailer you can really see hans bringing that hobble where it's almost like this guy is hobbling because he is fucked up you know and yeah. you know he's pulling knives out of his legs and everything but but he's still going and he's still kind of terminating right through the the madness mm -hmm. that was like a subtle little thought we had right when impl implementing that the the the, the stuff in the cartoon to the vi visual or when in the first wide shot after hank's at the door frame he looks around and walks over to drop his revolver on the table like his little like hunched over like wounded like uh limp limp walk like uh um it was kind of supposed to be like a subtle homage to the way the little madness characters like kind of wobble around as they walk yeah. that's so we thought, awesome yeah we thought like oh let's just write it into it he's got a fucking knife stuck in his leg you guys yeah. are perfect choice, like having him having him like rather than just strut in all badass to have him yeah like waddle in injured but that he he doesn't even care that he's yeah. hurt. he's still thinking about snacking that was such exactly. a that was so much better yeah. oh yeah. my and god and then another thing another thing too is at least from acting inside the costume is that one of the things i had to do because we did like some test footage of like the compositions of shots where i only had a mask or didn't have the suit or only had the gloves mm -hmm. right because then i also had to practice how to handle a gun unload it shake the bullets out and click it shut with one hand yes with, with like suit with super wrapped fingers fat wrapped fingers and stuff so i had to practice that a lot <laughs> and you um, had to twirl it put it in your holster too all that shit yeah i practiced for like a month and a half too uh to get that right but the other thing too was when by the time out because like hank is basically a ninja mummy is what i call him right <laughs> <laughs> he's so buried in the costume that in real life i had to oh i had to overshoot my performance to get through the costume. Do you know what I mean? So it was yes. kind of like, that's where Chase was really helpful when we would do some of these little rehearsals, um, where Ch Chase helped me find when the overshoot hit the spot, like the, when it was just enough. Cause you know, you wanted it to be a little bit expressive, like, oh shit, when he finds the knife in his legs, like, Whoop! he's like, what the, you know, like you wanted to have all those like flinching, flinchiness. It's like, it's one of the things that I find funny and very fascinating and interesting about the comments people put is a lot of people are equating the Daredevil, uh, not, not Daredevil, Deadpool. And, and I find that like, that's, that's an honor because like Deadpool emotes through dialogue, but like the fact that it, it's like through the gestures, it's yes. like without talking, it's like, it's you're very emotive. You're you know? still, yeah. You're still reaching that kind of audience. They're so still me, getting I'm what like, you're I'm expressing. Like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It means that like yeah, it's like it's like between me and Chase calibrating like how far to push the performance. I think we hit a sweet spot. I yeah. think you guys I think you guys nailed it. I think it was yeah. in perfect hands. The fact that you even decided to incorporate the kind of wobble that madness characters have. Like who pays attention to that much detail other than another little another little that, another little thing. Another little detail is um I, we decided in the costume to put uh you know his forearms are all wrapped, right? Yeah, and then he has black gloves, so it's like an inverted version of the madness hands that float, yeah, right? We still wanted this visual like separation from the arm itself with the hand, so that's why yeah we had such a a wide spread from because that coat actually goes down to your wrist, but we pulled the sleeves up so that we could get that detached visual for the hand. Yeah, that's so, that the, it's, so that the motion of the hands is is still you know separated right yeah it, it creates that kind of visual it leans into the visual iconography i guess you know easily that was um, like my favorite part about that costume uh it made it way easier to see what his hands were doing mm -hmm. yeah, now, exactly. it, it would accentuate the gesture right too like you know because it's like because you have that visual separation did um did team project nexus have any consultants in this or were they like oh it's in good hands and that's it or you, you saw some updates maybe like how well, we were slave drivers <laughs> yeah <laughs> really no really i mean it's 2018 really, yeah, though Jeez. So it was just swain in a smoking jacket with whiskey by a fire <laughs> dictating <laughs> everything to us <laughs> well hans and i knew that you know given sort of the time frame at the time and also just wanting to make sure that we whatever we did we did well we decided you know what what can we do that's going to pay homage and really do service without detracting too much from the main focus which is the game and i think yeah. very early on kind of the nickname for the for the you know the short that we gave is like pit stop and the idea is that what you're going to see here is a little moment of downtime between kills where Hank just gets to recharge, reload, and get back to it. And something that we had cut from the original premise that I think actually ended up being this beautiful, happy accident uh, was that at the end of the, uh, the live-action portion of the uh, commercial, we were going to have the door kicked down and then actually have this kind of beautiful like a what, what would you call like a master shot you know the 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 money shot of vfx where you see a courtyard full of live action grunts and everything turn around and see hank and then hank just starts shooting but what ended up happening is we you know instead of that we decided to go with this like kind of like this thread or this like connective tissue where that is the cutting point into the game footage which ended up i think just playing out so much better and like i that's that's I something that a lot of people even just on you know in person when i'm showing people this project they're just saying like oh that transition is beautiful and then straight into the gameplay like i i really love how that came out oh yeah too i was oh, very yes. happy with that because for a while we were worried we were like damn that was like it's supposed to be building up to this great thing and then we for for technical reasons we couldn't do it right but it ended like you said it ended up being this perfect happy accident where the, like we did so, like chase did such a good job with the vfx kind of making it somewhere between reality and cartoon where you don't know where the reality starts and the car and the and the and the cg effects you know start and like you know the sort of blend that when he kicks the door open and the, yeah i have to say thanks to swain and matt matt for uh coordinating that because what they did was Swain, uh, I was like, uh, I think we were talking about it. At some point, we decided, you know what? What if when he kicks the door down, we go into the gameplay footage? And then we decided between us, you guys have the game. Why don't you set up a stage, right? Of like that moment of Hank continuing. And you even made like the goons kind of look like the goon in the short. If yeah, yeah. We, but we, we took, uh, we have a pretty huge arsenal of gear that Matt has put together for characters to 
well, for players to buy for their characters in the game nice. um, that we've accumulated over the seven years. We've been busy. So we yeah. <laughs> together these little little dummy characters that are effectively mercenaries that that were yeah were designed off of uh, off of the grunt character from the trailer specifically so it, based on that here's a real question here's a, here's a real question can you does that scene actually happen in the game do you kick open that door in the game or is that uh, just a trailer exclusive baby no it's all false advertising <laughs> <It's> all false <laughs> advertising <laughs> well, no 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 it, it works as the bridge from the live action to the game oh, it, oh it definitely does uh, well, uh, and, and then let me little fun fact for the for the technical nerds out there the the trailer is in 24 frames per second that shot of Hank kicking is in 30, and then the gameplay footage is in 60, so Jesus that it kind of, so that the frame rate kind of smoothly, so that it wouldn't be so jarring that it just goes into straight 60 frames, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So that, that was a cool way to like smoothen out that transition even further. You know? I don't think I'm intelligent enough to understand like that it did go into just gameplay, which would be 60 frames per second compared to whatever you guys like filmed it at. That is, it is pretty impressive, man. And I, I saw the trailer. And I was like, this is gonna be three minutes of live action, but I love the transition. I was eased into the game. Oh shit, this is coming out. Like I was really hype after seeing that intro because I like the the comedy you guys threw in there with the hot dog. I liked how Hank was kind of shambling around. He wasn't some like uh, like Doom Slayer type badass he has like a personality to where like you said hans you translated the way he is just through his gestures without without needing to voice act and one of the one of the things i had knocking around in my head while acting as hank was like one of the things me and chase decided on like okay what's the personality of hank in this short and uh, i think we narrowed it down to basically he's like a janitor who's like cleaning up a mess <laughs> except for the mess is like like these like henchmen so like, <laughs> so like when he when the henchman crawls in and he spots him the, like the psychology like the mannerisms i was putting in, in my mind was like oh shit i missed the spot yeah i missed you know the spot. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like he's too old for this shit at this point it was like that little like nod he does after he shoots the guy in the head yeah like, yeah he's like yeah, yeah there it is. got it it's like got it's it. like when, the, when someone's cleaning a house and you're like oh there's a little coffee stain there and then you're like oh missed the spot like he just sees these henchmen as like uh in my mind at least when i was playing the character in that in that short i was like he just sees it all as like i'm, I'm just cleaning up this mess you know so <laughs> so if i were to ask you guys how sanford and damos would act how would you guys act as them like how would you cast that role to other people well, it's Dwayne up. Johnson is Sanford, obviously. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what what parts of his Hart, personality? No, Kevin Hart. Holy fuck, that'd be amazing. <laughs> wait, wait, Dwayne Johnson's Deimos and then Kevin Hart's Sanford. With the yeah, no, honestly, honestly, I would, uh, this is just me, like, for now, I don't know what the hell, you know, but like, I would, I would honestly like no names, no name actors. So when I mean personality cast, wise though, yeah, personality wise, definitely. I mean, they have a very like Sanford Nemos have like the like the brains and the brawn kind of dynamic, right? Like like like, um, and in the sense that like uh, Demos is like the hacker, right? And then like Sanford is like the 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 the, the sort of like brawler kind of. He's got the hook, you know. So like, there's obviously these like like what I like about Madness is how like archetypal the characters are, but then like. You can like I think I would just start there and then almost see see you know where it could go. I don't know. Hmm. Cre like, uh, Crinkles and and Swain. What do you guys think? What yeah. Do you what do you guys think? think? What kind of personalities would be live action Sanford and Damos? What are you? As long as we can get Melissa McCarthy for Tricky, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not, see, like I don't mean like actually casting. I mean like just personality wise. I think Sanford. With his lip out, I don't. I think Sanford might be the more serious one. I think Deimos kind of just smokes cigarettes. He's a little bit more laid back. I would feel. 
And I, I, I kind of like after after um, Jeff Bandel and Johnny Utah on Newgrounds did the voices for Sanford for uh, for Project Nexus. Some people complained because we love the voice acting, but they complained that it didn't match his tone in the game where he's very serious. He's Demos mm -hmm. foil, Demos always being like the jokester. Uh, mm -hmm. He's 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 like our Michelangelo, I guess. And uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And, like our Michelangelo slash Donatello. Um, <laughs> that's one, true one, that's actually a good reference right there like yeah, that it's like almost like a merger of those two and then yeah, yeah, yeah like i i, I do like the kind of meathead quality like like jeff gave him like this sort of meathead sort of edge to him you know yeah, yeah he's more like a gym lord yeah than he is yeah just like, or like or yeah like it's, I call, it's almost like a jeff's voice for sanford makes it sound like a like a like a jock um drill sergeant or something <laughs> and right. i, I kind of I like that it, it makes him a yeah. little dry than the way mm. that we were writing for him in the game. And I, I personally like that. We're not going to go back and change any of his dialogue in the game, but I like that direction. It just kind of feels like an evolution of the character to me. It's it adds very... an extra an extra color to it. Like, an, it's a, you know? Right, yeah, exactly, right. He's not just one little, like, mm -hmm. he's not a cardboard cutout of himself. You know, he's not paper mm -hmm. thin. He's actually got some depth to him now. Now, what about what about grunts and mag agents? Would they be, like, brainless in, in a way? Like, kind of stupid or toned down? Or are they just, like, normal, like... They come from. Because, like, the AHW grunts, I mean, like, they're, they're, you know, they get around, they're autonomous, and they think and act and ambulate. But all they do is think and talk about Hank. It's it's probably mind-numbing. I like that. But, like, that's always been kind of, like, a, a thing with, like, the various factions. They're always got, like, a little obsession or something that they're kind of focused on. Like, you got your guys out of the, the outskirts of the Nexus City who, like, worship the idea of being hungry all the time. Oh, yeah, the bandit tribes are wonderful. <laughs> I, I love the, the, what we do with the tribes in this game. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, it, yeah, I feel like it, it's it's not that they're dumb. It's just they're extremely focused and fixated. Yeah, yeah they're single-minded. Like, yeah, like, that. single, they're, like, just tunnel vision, you know? Yeah, right, right. So, like, the, yeah. the wiser of them become, like, incredibly talented at not eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you know, they don't yeah. last for it. But. Yeah, there's so almost, there... like, graffiti and scrawling all through the game that you can look for where they describe how, like, they get strength through hunger. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if it's just this, like, MLM pyramid scheme perpetrated by the Mag Bandit, which is, like, their kind of, like, boss or deity. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. And he's yeah. really big because he takes all of the food and they bring him everything. So he's known as the hungry boy because he's always got an appetite, and they think that his hunger for more food, they aspire to to do that as well. When in reality, he's just eating everything. That's yeah, them into not eating anything. Yeah, so, that's an, el the, that's an element that I really like that you guys are bringing to madness with the game. Is it? Oh, it's almost like how the Warriors, the movie, how like there's like each oh my God. each gang yes. has like their very like iconic like. Like fixation, like you were saying. Yeah, I love that. Warriors DNA in this See, warrior, warriors yeah. were scary though, because you were gonna you're gonna die on the way home because you missed the train ride or whatever. I feel like grunts are a little bit different. Like the the different factions are their personalities, but in in a sense, I don't think they're intelligent enough. You know what I mean? Like they they make for good fodder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they make for the type of people who who are the kind that get killed. They don't. They there's no way they can match the power of Hank. And maybe it's these idealisms or like like you said, starving themselves or whatever that they believe in that keeps them from getting stronger. Whereas like the strongest of them is, is normally the biggest because they mm -hmm. take advantage of the situation or just how they are. And uh, it's it's interesting to hear all the all the different tribes and whatnot, because I'm that's getting a mental picture right now of like Wimbledon come <laughs> out to play. <laughs> Warriors, yeah, that's absolutely it. That is a, a potential tricky line. That sounds great. That is actually. <laughs> what, what would tricky 
does Tricky have his own little his own little little tribe yet? His own little little um, grunt faction. Not, he's, he's a little autonomous. He he kind of is a tribe of one. Like in the cartoons, he splits apart, and you got fragments of his own personality or essence or, or what have you. Mm -hmm. he, he's, he's like yeah, Kanye he's West. He's a glitch. Yeah, he's, there you <laughs> go. I'm the glitch. Yeah, that is to say, no one's like following him around and uh, championing him. And yeah. Who could too? You know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> no one could keep up with that motherfucker. Now. What do we think that the world of man madness would be like? Like, if it was fully fleshed out into a live-action series, like, and you're given mm. a, a, a playscape, a city, an area that you're filming at, what would what would that world be like? Would it be a cluttered city? Would it be, have desert area like the Nevada it scenes have? It would be somewhere or... in Nevada. But yeah. what, what would you guys prefer for a live-action? Well, like, for city setting? shots, if you're because there are now cities established in the game, um, and you visit them in both... Uh, story and arena two different ones to kind of give a taste of what's out there in nevada besides vast plateaus mesas and deserts yeah um, so i mean you got to film in pittsburgh everybody films in pittsburgh right <laughs> <laughs> literally everything is pittsburgh right. or maybe chicago canada canada it's, and it's only oh yeah or if right there's also Tor uh, toronto gets used sometimes for, <laughs> for cheaper production mm -hmm. you can't film in new york city unless it takes place in new york city um nobody ever does that otherwise but yeah, for the rest of it, yeah, heck, man, like New Mexico, Nevada, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, or Utah is really pretty. Utah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's that gives you a lot of choices when it comes to, to bringing a lot to the live yeah. action. We all oh, we got that's... desert scenes. We got city scenes. We got well, like just name yeah. it. We're in the void. This scene. <laughs> well, that's that's if you're actually like filming on location, which I, I don't really know. It's cheaper at the end of the day. I, I feel like CGI is probably the cheapest way to go. Just green screen everything. Then you got like you know? more control over where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's. You know, when talking about the trailer, um, I don't know if who knows this unless you've I guess if you've seen the behind the scenes stuff, but Chase and Hans filmed this in a freaking laundry room. There's just a <laughs> laundry room with like a card table, a barrel, and that like dummy of Hank in the background. I think yeah, those props. Real things. Yeah, there wasn't actually mm. a gun rack. Yeah, there was no gun rack. Like uh, that's all CG. That's that's Chase's wizardry right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I rack. did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. I couldn't yep. tell. I was so fixated on Han's performance. I'm like, these the props didn't even like click in my mind to CG. Yeah, that's even possible. Good. That's exactly yes, what we wanted. Because some too. props are real and some props are CG. So that's that's another thing that helped blend it. You know, I was like, I was like, they bought this barrel that has like a fuel icon on it. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, that one was real. Things. I actually I got a spare blue plastic barrel from like a construction site I worked on. I was like, you guys need, want need this? And they're like, nah, go ahead, take it, whatever. And then I painted it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you painted it. Oh. Beautiful, man. I mean, yeah. you're always on a budget of some sort. You can't just spend a bunch of money on everything, I guess. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we had to be really selective. I will say that the one of the one of the big, well, kind of the biggest thing that we fabricated is that Hans actually uh, created this false door. So that in that final section of the of the live action section uh there's like that door he shows up and there's the you know the bars that show out into the world and the pink light is spilling through that's actually a completely false door made out of what was it like uh foam styrofoam. or something like that styrofoam yeah and so cuz we had this vision of okay you know but we don't have a door that has these bar openings on it uh, but it was just like kind of this little promise of the world peeking out uh peeking into mm -hmm. the dark room excuse me and yeah, that, so that was something that we had to fabricate wait mm -hmm. wait wait so here's the biggest question that i'm surprised we haven't gone over yet is how long did this thing take from start to finish you mean to film yeah to film to do the after process like how long was each section of this thing for you guys sure, to make so... to make this trailer how long would it take someone <laughs> Right, so so we filmed this in one night. Uh, everything we filmed was in one night. 
Um, and then uh, the post-production process, I would say uh, to Matt's point, like 95% of the post-production that we did probably took place over the course of like two to three months. And then we spent, you know, the, the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the three years uh, kind of just like adding things as we went here and there, honing in that overall treatment to the look. Um, actually, up until about four or five months ago uh, the trailer had kind of a lot less color in it if you look at the final there's almost this like this glare of blue that comes through in the highlights uh, and and up until like i said four or five months ago uh it was a lot more muted it was a lot more black and white with these accents of red pink and and uh mm -hmm. i think that was it red and pink right oh and then yeah. the gun racks were a little blue but um but oh, it was but a it, lot more you're right a lot more gray and then you ended up leading more into the kind of that fluorescent blue kind of like right because like, i think that the game yeah. had developed quite a bit and it's and it's well, yeah because their lighting engine improved too your guys lighting engine uh got so much better from the time we shot it to the one to you know to recently right right and, and there's so a when, lot more color yeah and when so when we saw the lighting engine update we that's when i remember chase was like you know what i'm gonna lean into this like this color you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of to further bridge that that gap right of the game look and the in the live action look yeah exactly so, so uh, how much how much did you guys grow over the the course of that three years what were you guys doing instead because one chaps came out before 2018 i think so uh it was the same year uh we oh, actually finished year. we fin we premiered the final kind of big movie land of water the final longer like 15 minutes short for mutton chops in july and then i think you guys approached us in august or September so. and then yeah. we shot yeah in August in October we and then we film. shot this in October first week of October mm -hmm. so using that that madness trailer experience moving forward and like the reception you have for it now what what have you guys learned from from doing that trailer and now that it's out there you guys actually get the reception on it what is what does that mean for you guys as scale studios or even as individuals well, I personally learned patience from sitting on something that was basically done for so long. Never had to do that before, but I actually think I'm better for it as a person. Like I, I learned a lot to, to because you know I was I was you know a lot of the things I've worked on. I usually it's released when it's ready, you know. And so this yeah. was a it was a good it was just like a good like almost zen te like uh, test, you know, of like mm -hmm. patience and um, kind of because you know it takes a long time to make games. You're building a whole fucking world for Christ's sake um and uh just kind of like knowing that it would be best to release this when the game is about to release is sort of a you know so that what we make helps the game get it uh, people get excited for the game you know it, like so and then also it's like um you know madness month you know it's like we knew that we had to wait on it and and i'm glad we did and so that was i i personally learned a lot from that um i guess what about you Ch i guess you what do you think, Jay? No, no, yeah. Uh, I mean, same. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but, you know, films, you know, live action stuff, it is pretty often that you will finish something and then you have to wait. I mean, if you look even at kind of what this last year and a half has brought us all, um, you'll get films like Dune. You know, Dune was finished almost two years ago. And then mm. Denis Villeneuve, like uh, the director of that film, he had to sit on it and uh, and wait. So, uh, you know, and, you know, COVID aside, films and stuff like that get delayed all the time. So I think really it just gave us a taste of, of what that experience would be like. And I know like with Mutton Chops, we were really pushing to finish you know we, we were going to the point of, of even you know we always joke about we we're running into the premiere having just burned the final blu-ray yeah. or copy of the film <laughs> yeah. you know 
so so uh, but but to hans's point like um you know we had a hard deadline on that you know as an artist you never feel like anything's finished it just has to be done mm-hmm. you know and so with mm-hmm. this it was this rare moment where okay we think it's done for now but then over the course of you know the the years there were those there were those little things that we got to sort of keep adding to it keep working on sound design keep working on the visual just look of it uh and so it was sort of this thing well do we how how much do you obsess over it during this downtime and so it's hard to you know put it off pick it back up put it off pick it back up but uh i think that i think that both of us uh, actually i'll just speak for myself like just extremely extremely thrilled with uh with hopefully how much it's it's helping the game because that's something that we really kept in the forefront of our mind and, and didn't want to detract from we wanted this to feel fresh and feel cool and feel exciting but ultimately we wanted it to service the hype of the game which is yeah. why the pit stop i think was like the best concept we could do moving into because being... because obviously on like and i agree with chase um he's not speaking for me i just happen to agree completely <laughs> um but uh our it wasn't the forefront because as us being fans of like madness the fact that a game is coming out is is huge like the, like madness lends itself so perfectly to games and the fact that it's getting its own like legit full package almost feels like two games in one because of how expansive the arena mode is um like it's getting its legit game entry and so that, like that that's that's why like as much as we're passionate about you know we love to see a live action madness it's like we really were just trying to do anything to help get people excited for the release of this the event that is madness is getting a, a legit game on steam it is a legitimate game been in the works for a very long time yeah we still have and... like four days to cancel it no. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. push it back push it back my ball. <laughs> so uh as as team project nexus would you guys ever want more live action kind of stunts or anything to promote the game in the future as well or maybe just shorts like crinkles plus yeah madness uh, live action shorts or project nexus plus madness live action shorts like yeah, that would be definitely. a cool little thing uh, we're, we're going to be segueing into to more live action stuff if we can do it i mean depending on how how well or poorly the game does uh, on launch and for the first couple months mm-hmm. um we're going to keep an eye on it and depending on what we can do we're, we're hoping to fund these guys again if, if they'll have us to, to produce another live action spot as soon as possible too we just kind of have to bank on the performance yeah. of the game absolutely yeah and yeah. I, I just i know how madness fans are and just having animation as one outlet is like that's fine and all but to show that filmmaking is also an outlet or an avenue that you can turn to if you're wanting to do like little madness shorts or whatnot because uh, there's a strong independent filmmaking audience on youtube or or out there that I would enjoy seeing more madness type stunts because it's it's fun. It's action, guns, and you need special effects. It'll teach you a little bit about everything. And you can also put together simple costumes. Like if you want to grunt, do what they did. Put a ski mask on, put a plus mark on it. It looks mm-hmm. cool. It has this aesthetic to it that you'll notice right away. And I would love to see other people doing live action madness. And as a, as a final way to kind of kind of wrap up the, the process of the trailer, uh, Chase and Hans... And and even Carlos, even though he's not here, would you guys, in the future, would you guys be willing to do more freelance work for video games or like for the industry standard, like just to promote 
games in, in a live action ver version, which not too many people are familiar with, but it's so different that it draws eyes. Like, is that what direction you guys want to go into? You're going to keep going for crowdfunding personal projects or things that you guys want to do? A very interesting that, question. Yeah, I think bef before I hop into that, I just want to kind of go backwards a little bit to say that I can speak for Hans on this and say that regardless of, you know, what sort of resources Matt and, and Swain are able to put into another, you know, installment immediately, Hans and I have been so in love with this franchise and this creation and everything that you guys have done for Madness that regardless of the practicality in the short term, we have such reverence for this series that it will absolutely come to pass that no matter what capacity we're involved, like madness live action will happen and it needs to happen and it will happen. So, so I just want to, again, I will speak for Hans on that one. Like this is, it's too, it's too important. I don't agree with that at all. So it will happen. You heard it here. It's a hundred million dollar budget or nothing. No, 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 no. I completely agree. Like, like it's like big or small, whatever it is. It's like, it's like it, that is the cool thing about madness it's so dynamic that's why it erupts in art in animation in game and even live action now it's like it's such a dynamic little thing that obviously you know we're we're at the whim of you know your guys shots you know like calling the shots and seeing what we you know whether it's meant to be but whatever it's meant to be like me and chase are totally for it as far as the the madness stuff goes Chase, um, Chase was like, I'll work for matchsticks. I don't care. Like, oh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I'm in the same boat. He is speaking for me, and rightfully so, because I agree. Um, it's just a matter of, like, you know, Matt and Swain calling it, uh, like, what, what, like, letting us know what, what is possible, you know? Yeah, no pressure. Um, no pressure mm -hmm. at all. No, no, no pressure, but, really. And then on, on the more specific angle, on, like, what mm -hmm. Scale's future is, that's an interesting question. I was actually talking to Chase recently, and I was like, when we released the trailer, I told him, I guess Scale is officially now has a um, a commercial under its belt, you know, because we have a, a sort of an indie web series. Mm -hmm. And then now we have a commercial. And it's like, yeah, I guess like that is starting to opening up the kinds of projects we could we could do under Scale. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of like um, feeling it out as it goes. Right. Uh, it's It's more of like when a project calls to us, I think mm -hmm. we'll know. Right? Uh, I mean, do you agree, Chase? Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, like, this has opened it up, and that is an interesting point. Like, who knows? I mean, what if another, what if another, another video game company wants us to advertise or something? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I'd approach them if I were you guys, honestly, because you guys have the vision. You got a small team assembled. Like you said, you have a commercial and a series under your belt. There's really nothing preventing you guys from pitching to other independent games or even just regular studios and and trying to get a little film together you know you Yo, would know the budget you know chase chase do you want to do like a binding of isaac live action yeah you, you, you just you gotta get hans is gonna be the star, star of that he's not gonna be wear wear any clothes for it he's like i'm no, isaac yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be isaac naked in a basement <laughs> i can see that getting a lot of views i can see that be, like being good content just, you'll, you'll just have to benjamin butt me uh, but <laughs> Benjamin, Benjamin Butt. Butt. <laughs> Benjamin Butt. 
Perfect. Oh, God. All right, everyone. We have reached the one hour mark. Uh, we can take a little break here before we get into the actual discussion of the game, of its process, of its conception, how it grew over time, the mechanics, the ideas that were given over this long span of seven-ish years. So if we want to take a little break, we can now. If not, that's See fine, too. Good. Yeah, I can sit here all day. I can see <laughs> Captain. <laughs> you guys are good? Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna yes. grab my water real fast. One second. You're you're banking on a no, we didn't pray for it, yeah. Oh no. Okay. How was Everyone it? Everyone get get a little stretch. Oh yeah. Alright, people, we're here today. We oh. have <laughs> Assembled a crazy team, the Fantastic Four, that's what they like to be called. We have Crinkles, we have the Swain, we have Almighty Hans, and we have Input Unknown. And we are here today to talk about Project Nexus. And it is a game that's been in production for seven plus years, and here we are. I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna take a sip of water. Mm. Plus years, I hate, I hate how that's um, let's, let's say Let's say in production for three plus years. We'll say we'll say still, uh, still true. They they made it over the course of a fortnight. They made it. They made they made this in, game this in one week. Several fortnights. Yeah. Several fortnights. So, all right. So the middle ground I would say between two two dimensional and live action I would call that three dimensional. And Project Nexus is exactly that. It's a three D three D game, and it's it stars its own canonical storyline to its own path it's like it's it's its own little universe and, and you get your characters 3d you get voice lines you get a little little noises that kind of give you a personality of the character through like their grunts or the, the way they talk or the all the little things that we pick up from the lore from this game and it's all in of itself so i would say the initial announcement of project nexus would be Madness Day 2013, but there's a classic version of this game that's on Newgrounds that has 20 million views that was made in March 25th, 2012. So that's been cited as the classic version of Project Nexus. And it has designs with Lewis, there's a couple other people on the project as well. And what what was that like pitching the initial idea of what Project Nexus was? Like Oh man, that's like uh, eight years ago, nine years ago. I, who can hardly remember? Uh, no, that. no, this game has been in production for only three years. Okay, get it right. It's like, <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like the original Flash cartoon. Oh, I am. Isn't that is that not the original pitch? I mean, like, basically, because I mean, like Swain and I used to talk, uh, like do like little slight collabs things, throw Flash files back and forth once in a while. Um, so I mean, like we were always communicating and trying to like think about like what we can what we can put together um you know using our skill set and is eventually we just came to this idea of like because i've i've been shopping around at that point uh trying to find people like i was trying to contact uh max abernethy the guy who uh put together madness interactive and he was off living a life free of video games so he was he was not okay <laughs> he became a monk after making madness interactive <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, like i reached out to a few other people nothing really shook down but like uh you know as i kept walking around and asking uh i i remembered oh wait i'm friends with swain and he knows how to make games and it, that's how my memory as it uh hopefully swain can kind of correct me if i'm if i'm misremembering things here yeah I, I it was it was more or less that like matt and i were chatting a bunch um I, we'd met at uh, comic-con for it was my first time meeting anybody from newgrounds uh, and i met a bunch of people collectively 
Um, and In what year is this? What year is this? That was that met? was 2007. Yeah, wow. 2007 Comic Con, and um, yeah, we're at dinner. I'm sitting across from Tom and Lewis, and Matt is sitting next to me. And we just start talking about something. Uh, I think it was Venture some, Brothers. It was Venture Brothers in some some game, I guess, some shooter game. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we started chatting. Uh, then just as Newgrounds buddies, we were talking online a bunch and sharing woes and ideas and whatnot. And if Matt was working on something like Madness Combat related, which he always is, then sometimes I'd you know we'd talk about snippets um, of in progress stuff. And yeah, he was having woes with other developers, like uh, trying to either find somebody. Or people like vanishing on him. I know one guy that you were working with. Yeah, I was getting him sprites and everything, and he just sort of yeah, he skedaddled, bailed. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised everyone wasn't overly excited to be working with Crinkles, the creative madness. I, like, I mean, if, if uh, it's not to say that they weren't, but I, I think that some people are just woefully underprepared for exactly what game development entails. Mm -hmm. Even a Flash game, which by comparison for us, the first game, the very first game, the Flash game, took us maybe like three or four months it's, to make. Yeah. Yeah, um, which means we would have started it uh, at the very beginning of 2012. It came out in March, maybe even the end of 2011. I can't quite remember. Um, and then the next year we came out, in 2013, we came out with a little update, the 1.5 update mm -hmm. uh, with more content. That took us only a couple months. Uh, and by the end of that year, we'd switched over to Unity and started figuring out what were we going to do for a real game. Now, uh, now you yeah. you came out with your other games first. It was like Mastermind Will Conqueror right before. Yeah, the, that was my first the... game that I I was responsible for everything except for the some of the voice acting. Um, we had I had a lot of really cool people participate in that. Um, that one so was a it... lot of fun, but that took me a year just working on by my by myself. Though most of it was spent learning how to do it. I had no idea how to program, not not so... not in uh, action script at least. So what were the expectations for coming out with the the final true version of Project Nexus, which you guys are coming out with this this um, um, September twenty ninth? A lot of it had to do with the um we had we had big plans for uh for what the flash game would have been. So what what was happening and what led to Project Nexus being an idea in the first place was kind of twofold. Um first was that our flash file got so big and so stupid that fl because flash doesn't have a lot of external libraries it just like it we won't get technical but let's just say that when your file too big game no work then, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it, it starts to it starts one of the problems we were having was like blood sprites were appearing in, in re replacing other sprites in the game so like a character would walk in and the position for his head facing left would get replaced with a blood splat for absolutely no reason other than flash was just crapping the bed because of the sheer size of the game so we realized that like anytime we exported the game, I had to go through oops, I had to go through like a, a Sisyphean trial with every export, every update to the game just to keep it from breaking. Oh and my God. Uh, it was it was nuts. So we were already like, we can't even we can't build on this game. Flash just it, it strictly will not let us do it. Yeah, so it, need, it needs to die or something. You so reach critical mass. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, effectively, dude. That's a great way to put it. It yeah. hit critical mass. Um, so we're like, you know, we have buddies in the industry. Like, there's we have geniuses that worked for Newgrounds, like uh, Mike Welsh, who like we could just go to him and maybe he could help us figure out some alternative that will allow Flash to work. Um, he's, uh, I, you know, he maybe we could we could rely on people far smarter than us. Uh, to get this thing working, but also uh, there were whispers at the time about Flash being a, a, a dying medium, at least as far as Flash, yeah, a, like the Rip. Flash player. Yeah, they were proved wrong for sure. Yeah, 
well, I mean, it's <laughs> gone now. Um, so wait, 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 wait. So hold on. So this is just the initial Project Nexus. This is before you decided to launch it as like its own kind of franchise on Steam that you're trying to make money off of? Yeah, this, this is us floating around uh, 2013, right after we had just finished the, what would be the final update to the, uh, to the Flash game, other than a, another small update that advertised the Kickstarter, which we'll get to eventually, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, so this, this was floating around the beginning of 2013, midway. At this point, I'm dabbling in Unity. My uh, my buddy and uh, roommate Sean Tanner uh, goes by Afro Ninja on Newgrounds. He's working oh, he- in Unity. Yeah. He's dabbling. Um, this was, I think, shortly after the Power of Three collab on Newgrounds that didn't really go anywhere. It didn't do very well. I think that was like yeah. one of the, the few like last collaborations that was like yeah, that on Newgrounds. It, it, it kind of it got a, like the Roman Empire got too big and it fell apart. And then the expectation yeah. was too high and people sort of got disenfranchised. I, it was. Among many reasons why it kind of did. It's a, it's actually listed in the wiki as that. Like it, it's shown, it didn't go over well, so we stopped doing them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it feels right. bad. I mean, we're basically making games, but it wasn't a game jam. It's like th- groups of three people are making full games, and not a lot of us really had the time for that. But um, but at the time, the game that was being made by, um, I believe it was, uh, uh, was it was it Eager Raptor and, and Sean? I think it was Eager Raptor and, and Sean. Uh, Afro Ninja were working on something, some like Castlevania game, and I was impressed with what was being done in Flash. Uh, at the at the same time, uh, Sean is now segueing into Unity, and I'm like, let me try that, let me dabble in that. So I started developing something that didn't go anywhere, just as a, a practice project. Yeah, and I liked what I was seeing with Unity. It had gone through strides of of development improvement since the years back that I'd seen Tom Fult playing with it and having trouble with it, like forgetting his library and, and erasing assets. Uh, it had kind of matured, and we thought, well, you know, this is viable. Uh, Unity does export to browsers. Spoiler, Project Nexus doesn't actually play in your browser. It's way too big. But Amazing. We'll just continue the game in that. And then we thought, let's go full 3D. Let's just try it. Matt had never worked in Blender before. I'd never worked in Blender before. Right, yeah. We're like, how hard could it be? <laughs> Seven years How later. hard was it? How hard was it learning Blender? <laughs> or do you guys have a separate artist for that? Wow, what a fuck, what a question. Um, no, like, uh, <laughs> effectively, Swain just said, "Hey, we need to learn 3D," and I was like, "Okay," and then ran off to uh, YouTube to watch tutorials and, for the next seven years. <laughs> yeah, effectively, bludgeoning myself against like trying to learn, and that was like Blender 2.6, whatever. Oh so, God, the like, face was way, way worse than it is now. Oh yeah, that was a it was a trial to get wow, through. That. So a mad dog can learn new tricks, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. For a big project like this, you guys had to ditch Flash. You decided Unity's the the platform you guys were going for. Now, did you expect it to be this big of a project? Did you expect no, it was going to take no, this no. long? Why, when did it start snowballing to where, like, uh, you take a deep breath, you settle in your chair, you're like, yep, this is going to take fucking the next couple every, years every off year my life. Half, every year and a half to two years, like, <laughs> almost on the dot, we're like, we don't like what we're looking at. Um, I, I, I once... It's, I don't know if it's a relevant uh, parable, but in, in 2001, I, I started writing a book just for myself, a fiction. It was like a historical fiction about vampires in France or some nonsense. This is all pre-Twilight. Uh, <laughs> I, spent, I spent three years writing this thing, and I would spend a lot of evenings doing it. This was my like creative outlet, and it, it sucked because nobody got to see it. At least with this game, we have beta testers that we can share our progress with. But right. uh, after three years, I went back and I tried reading the beginning of the book, and it was like virtually unreadable oh it was literally no unreadable but it was so unliterary that i can't <laughs> even say literally. And this, this game suffered from that constantly only because we were learning we were getting better mm-hmm. and every couple of years we'd look back and say we could do so much better and we knew that that was true um only in the last year we looked back and said 
fine, good. There are things that could be improved, but we'll save that for the next game. Like it's hit sort of a, a standard. Yeah. Uh, we're long past like the, the the files that were in the game when we first started are they're all gone. I can't think of like very many that are still uh, sticking around. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like going through the code sometimes, and there are there's a lot of code. We'll just put it that way. There's a lot of really, code. That must have been really satisfying because like. Right, you're tinkering and you're learning it to make the game as you're making it, and then at some point you go, "Yeah, this is this is working." You know, <laughs> I mean, notes like, back then were terrible, so sometimes I'll come across like an old method or function where like something in the code is still using it for for something, and it's so poorly made, and there's no notes on how it's supposed to work, and I have to decipher like ancient script, like the beginning of like the fifth element, where I'm like looking at the hieroglyphics. <laughs> like I have to understand it. Or now actually, let me. Better analogy is it's like when you're cleaning your uh, your kitchen or something, and you're like, you know what? I keep forgetting to clean under the fridge, and you go under there, and it's the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I have to. Like, I have to ask. I have to ask Hans and Chase as fans of the series. What would you guys? What did you guys want from the game itself? What did you guys expect from something that's a madness game? What kind of quality? Kind of kind of action? What did you guys want? Well, I I think that the uh, I don't know the the gameplay loop. It, the like Han said, like the the animation itself, like so lends itself to being gamified because you you're experiencing you know what Hank's going through as as you're watching him just totally kick ass. So I think the next logical step is you know take control and and be the ones that are like slamming these these grunts into the ground and and splitting them in half. So so I think that first and foremost, and that's something that the first Project Nexus I think like really gave and and, and to to the merit like. I love that that game exists because it is so pure to the source material. You feel like you're playing a madness, you know, animation when you play that game. And so the I think it was really smart to move into this 3D realm because you get an entire entire little new dimension to to this concept. Um, so I, I think that that is first and foremost and the most obvious, like I guess you could say, like low hanging fruit. For me, the second part, especially because I've always been interested in sort of the story behind madness is like i love that you guys are kind of exploding the lore in this game and and, and totally creating this much i mean I, matt i know that you have this underlying narrative to the animations but there's only so much you can do in 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 two to eight minutes you know in each installment so i love seeing that you guys are really blowing up the lore and giving like all these factions a lot of depth and even these you know these main characters a lot of depth to them so I think that mm -hmm. those are two really big things that so yeah, you think like it's, it's you like think a, they nailed the it world now look like you think oh, yeah. you think they nailed it then it was worth oh, the wait absolutely and also just having so many uh independent you know uh game producers that i know uh you guys could have so easily pumped out the version of the game that you had you know six five six years ago and called it a day and moved on you know but to your point like you you have so much care for this IP that you've created and, and, and just, it deserves that. And I just, I really respect that you guys didn't do that, that you guys looked at it and said, you know what, no, we're not going to be, you know, the CD project red or the, or the, uh, no man's sky, uh, and, and oh, no. product yeah, like that, you actually that isn't ready. Yeah. Early you, access. What blows me <laughs> away and what exceeded my expectations was, um, Kind of to the point what Chase is saying, where they could have just like, okay, here's a, here's an example. When you look at a lot of the early first attempt, uh, first like your guys' first attempts at making it 3D, if anyone fishes an old trailer or an old like I think for the Kickstarter and stuff, yeah, there's like the Tumblr. the Tumblr's out there and has some relics. 
there you go. There um, you go. When you look at that stuff, right, and the way you started bringing madness into the 3D world, uh, you started off with like the obvious. Let's give it a cell shaded look and all this sort of stuff. But then you could see the process of you guys realizing, oh no, we can't, we can't just literally translate. We have to actually like find a look for the game that's new but still feels madness. And on that regard, I honestly have to commend you guys because you you together with all your forces combined, like the fact that you weren't shy to giving it more texture or lighting, but then deciding to like make it more colorful but still have that monochrome kind of like vibe to it like yeah. you ended up hitting this awesome unique hit sp sweet spot where when you look at the game side by side to the animated series the classic canon crinkles animated series it doesn't look the same but it feels the same and that's like i think the key to any sort of like translation process like bringing madness into the world of a 3d game you know wait like, hans were you a beta tester uh, Hans needs yeah. to be on the beta test team for I sure. I, I mean, I remember you sending me like links, and I would play the game, and I'd give you some feedback. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... Hans, Hans has played the game. Um, it's it's been closed beta for years. We haven't taken a payment on PayPal for a while, um, mm -hmm. for, for additional keys to go out since Am um, I was gonna say Amazon. Why would I say that? Since Valve changed their uh, terms of service with partners, we basically mm -hmm. weren't able to sell copies of the game anymore, so we had to stop outright. Uh, okay. We warned or anything. It was just pretty clear that that we should, we wouldn't be able to do that anymore. So yeah. we stopped selling keys, which was a relief because I was manually sending them to every single email. Oh uh, god. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have. Uh, I think that was what around. I think we only we the PayPal. I think we only gave out something like nine hundred to a thousand keys, but that was all stuff I had to do manually over the years. Uh, so so what we're getting at though is it was worth the wait every every step every trial you guys had to go to to just put this freaking thing together you guys chose the the most honorable route which is make sure it's good and it appeases to exactly what you guys want and what your audience wants and i'm, I'm still nervous about that because we're, we're basically <laughs> releasing the game and I, like like uh chase was kind of saying like we like we're not no man skying it i prefer to think that we're sort of cyberpunk 77ing it oh no no that's filled with bugs um that's the worst this the no <laughs> well that's the thing i mean we can just we can work on this game forever and we've proved it we have proved that if given a long enough timeline will infinity we will we will pursue infinity before we release this game so, so. wait let me ask this real really fast then yeah. uh how how was this game funded throughout the years Purely through crowdfunding, how, where oh, we at question. with, with um, in the, the beginning? Process. Yeah, crowdfunding. We did the Kickstarter, which funded maybe the first year to year and a half of development, which mm -hmm. is how much time we thought it would take and would have to make the game we thought we were going to make, an equivalent to the Flash game just in 3D. Um, after that, we started doing uh, PayPal backing uh, with the promise of basically pre-orders. Um, th that went on for I think until. When did that start? 2016 until maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was about 16. Yeah, until 17. about 2018, 2019. It was like late 17, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, late 17. Yeah, we didn't go very long um, with that. And since then, it's, and that was barely enough to kind of like pay for things in general for us. Yeah. It's and it's it's been 100% out of pocket since then. Oh, my God. So going forward, what are you going to use all the money that's generated by the game coming out? Like you said, you're going to fix bugs. You're going to make sure things are running properly. So maybe you'll you'll reach out to another person to help. But because at that time, you're generating more revenue again. Since, well, you know, um, I mean, we so don't what's really have the a plan? budget yet because we don't know what we're going to make. There's really no way to predict. But um, one is retroactively pay ourselves for salaries we haven't gotten for seven years. Yeah. Uh, minus the Kickstarter and PayPal money. 
um, pay our musicians. Uh, pay one of the musicians is also our sound guy. Make sure that he gets paid. That's that's Lochner, Devin Martin. Um, he uh, yeah, they they they've got to get paid off. Um, we there a lot of people have helped us over time with this game from our like closed development group. They deserve to be compensated. Um, we have uh, small expenses here and there. Uh, no investors though. Nobody who needs to get paid that is like invested in the game. So it's commu- it's community that brought this thing together. That's literally what it is because you you don't have people who work for free on something unless they're they're invested into the product themselves. Well, and that's well that's the thing is a, a lot of people um, Hans and Chase included like a lot of people have just offered to help, uh, including the trailer when we were talking about what it would take to to fund this. And I let them know, like, I mean, guys, we're also like not making any money. We can like, we'll tr- we can try to pay you when, whenever the game someday comes out. Um, but we don't really, we're not like sitting on a lot of development money. And Hans is like, like, we'll just, we'll just do the trailer for free, based like, like based on passion alone. Um, and the fact that, and, and, and I mean, spoilers, we we did we did pay them because like you you can't you can't just do that. You can't take advantage. Feels um, bad, man. Feels bad. Yeah, right. Bro, don't spoil it. The fact that <laughs> the, the fact the fact that that these guys were were even just willing to consider doing this for free, just based on loving the content, loving the the series, loving the brand. Um, I, I mean, yeah, that goes to show you exactly how much influence there... the energy of other people besides me and Matt have have like driven this project towards completion. And these guys aren't the end of it. It's like we we have a lot of uh, a, a lot of really talented, very very loyal friends work, like working with us in a, a small closed dev group, just trying to get this game done, trying to manage the community, helping us with with bug testing and and uh, formatting these bugs so that I can comprehend it without having to just focus on, you know, I, so I can focus on coding, basically, getting the game finished. Yeah, um, we're, yeah we're, we're talking we're, about we're stress. We're street team, basically. We're talking about stress, stress, power of friendship, and also, are there any shout-outs you'd like to give right now while we're in this kind of, like, um, Yeah, actually, for a while, I've been I've been seeing Mind Chamber floating yes! at the top for a while, and I, I want to mention that old Jose Ortiz is, is one of the, like, original oh, contributors to content in, in Project Nexus. Yeah, he's still got uh, a few assets on. in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a couple of things. He he ended up uh moving over to a full time job in uh uh in a, in a government position for Wait, a while. Wait, you know you know he left it, right? You know, recently he's been yeah, on the yeah, market that's a again. Recent thing. And we're we're hoping that um now that he's done that and he's trying to get back into more full time art, we're hoping we can use him for future projects. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, that's just a fact. We've always dreamed what, of being what did he bring for for you guys? Like what did he bring to the table that was helpful or like what like what 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 like what what did he like um what life did he breathe into it when he, um, when he helped? The, the big first one was uh, he taught us what a freaking game Bible yes! is, and I wish we'd known that when we'd started. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Game Bible? Like a pitch Bible? Like, is uh, that... Is uh, it... Something to keep you on track so that you can fight against scope creep, which is uh, which is uh, something that would have stopped us from a seven-year project becoming a seven-year project. Explain that. Explain it. Explain it. Explain it a little um, bit more. So, game Bible, you put together what? Like, your idea of how far you want to take this game? How long it's going to take? Rigid, what do you like, want? Like, uh like rigidly defining the rules and like getting yourself a laundry list of every asset you'll need as well okay. as like all the different gameplay elements there are so that you don't get halfway in and think hey we need another gameplay element to like balance this one we got here you yeah. thought about i see so it's like setting up the parameters right yeah and it rains into what ifs especially which we're i mean we Matt and i work for ourselves and we're the only ones who suffer uh by you know how, <laughs> how stupid the big system we, yeah yeah exactly i mean i know there are people waiting to play this game 
Um, and we've been trying desperately to get this game finished. And part of the reason everyone has been waiting so long is because we can't just stop with the what ifs. So a game Bible, I mean, we can, we're doing it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a game Bible years ago would have helped. And, and Jose would uh, literally taught us about that. Yes! Oh. Shout out to Mind Chamber. Thank you. Uh, screw the post office. Follow your dreams. Mind Chamber, that's what he represents. Help your friends. Um, so what are the main differences between the game and the original series, do you think? Because it is its own little multiverse. It's its own little section of its own little story or or i think it's actually supposed to be events that took place between the episodes right is that what's going on there yeah kind effectively, of effectively yeah um it was I, I think the game is such like games are cool because like uh you get this opportunity to be told a story if you care to i mean like the options there to skip all that narrative and the story and talking and just get right back to the violence but like i i enjoy the video game's ability to say like why we're doing this yes yes you know like if you care to know you can read this little bit of little bit of lore lying on the floor here um if not just keep going it's fine like you can't quite do that with like a movie or a cartoon um not in a way I'm, i can think of right now but uh the the game presented that opportunity and and yeah we chased that down because i mean madness is in of itself very narratively driven without having dialogue it's crazy because people people latch onto the lore, they they plan out the stories, the sequences, who's involved with who, and then with the like you're saying with the game, you can have all this dialogue, all these things, explain things if you want to learn it, and and it's interactive. Whereas like with the animation, it's very one path, you know, it's very this is how it started, this is how it ended. Whereas with the game, this is how it started, but you had a part in that, you had a part in killing these people, doing etc. And I I love that that narrative. Is there is there that's why I was wondering if in a live action version of Madness, if, if Hank would get a voice, if Hank would actually have a voice. Personally, because... like in, in just my, my knee, like shooting from the hip, I'd want to say no. Ex absolutely not. You're like, no, you slam your hand on the table. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm kinda like, well, I mean, for one, I just, I like Hank miming all of his, his actions and emotes. I don't want him to sit down and talk about anything. What about Sanford when... and Deimos? Oh, no, I'd let them talk. In fact, I'd okay. want them to just to like contrast how little Hank talks. Because if nobody talked, Hank not talking wouldn't be a big deal. Okay. Yeah, I guess if that makes sense. That Hank is the one silent protagonist then that you would want. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't need to speak. He has very few words. There are very few need of words. At okay, least like okay. in the in the scope of like a, a passive media where you're watching something happening. Have you guys watched that um that the, the cartoon uh Primal on uh, Adult Swim? Yeah. Or I, I think love that. I fucking that. love that, sh that, yeah. that show. I, I have I have some issues with it, but one of the big powerful things about it is easily how much they can convey emotion, meaning, and and expression without any dialogue whatsoever. Yeah. There's no Here's the problem though. Here's the challenge. Yeah. Matt Hank is completely wrapped. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so that's, that's so gonna you, be the, that's gonna be oh, the no fun challenge jaw. right <laughs> oh right and, and no bottom jaw he can't he can't smile no, he can so literally that. only gesture ever so that's the challenge right so here's a question when you think of mad max and fury road i don't think of him and of him talking right so it's like there's also the angle of like man a few words there's also the angle of completely silent you know i think either one can work it's just a matter of kind of like how you design the story. Does that make sense? Like how you design how he participates in the adventure. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's where you have to kind of like tinker like with you, different possibilities, you know? Like if you just design the, 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 the whatever happens to like not require him to talk. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like have you like in a, another good example is Conan the Barbarian, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. 
he like says three words in that movie and he might as well be a silent character and you don't even yeah. remember him talking. First like 45 minutes he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, for the first hour I think. Yeah. I think um, you nailed you nailed Hank though with the silent tired like janitor type feeling. Mm -hmm. so, um, very yeah. expressive. That's so going to that be nicely done. That's going to be an interest that's the that's the fun challenge of madness to me is like making all that work, you know. So would um, we say would we say the game is an extension of the main character's personalities? Is that is it safe to say that we're exploring more of these characters' personalities because they're going to have actual freaking dialogue? You know what I mean? So we'll learn, like you said, with Jeff's uh, voice acting, people were like, oh, it doesn't really match who uh, who Deimos is or or was that Sanford? Sanford, yeah. Sanford, Sanford doesn't match who Sanford is. And, and people really latch onto that. But is it safe to say that we're just trying to give you more of these characters' personalities? That's And the game does that very well. We hope so. <laughs> we hope so. We hope people yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we want people to like it. It stopped being, uh, I, I think around the halfway through development was when Matt and I realized that we don't want this game to just be for Madness fans. We want this to be for everybody who just likes to play side-scrolling beat-em-up games. We yes! want Double Dragon fans. Send us your Smash TV fans. We want this game yeah. to be for them too. And if it doesn't hold up, and it might not, but if it doesn't hold up, then that will have been our failure. And But we really wanted to. We've, we've tried our hardest. So we'll find out. Well, uh, you guys started off with the, the Kickstarter way back when, like we were talking about with the 64,000 that ran out in like 2018. Early concepts was the, the classic version. And then we moved into Unity because Flash was dying. So you want people to be able to pick this up and enjoy the mechanics. So with this idea growing over time, how have the mechanics changed? Because currently, according to the trailer, there's 200 different methods of mayhem. So uh, how many methods of mayhem were in the beginning? Um, in that specific uh, mention, that's the that's the number of weapons in the game, and that's not even including that you can modify in one of the campaign modes. Arena. Jesus Christ! You can modify them. <laughs> yeah, like gun swords, bazookas, all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God! Gun swords, and that's actually that's a tough call because we had to we had to go for variety in a lot of blending and sameness. Where like this gun and this gun, really, what's the difference? They have kind they of have, the same sound. They yeah, do there's the a same lot damage. of there's a lot of nuanced slight difference between a lot of the guns so yeah. i mean like the difference between like i don't know a beretta and a browning hype like they're both nine millimeters and i mean but the variety is really there for your gun pedants like myself so i love that stuff absolutely so i just kept stacking guns excuse me gun pedants pedant like a bit like a yeah like someone who's obsessed with like the different nomenclatures of all the different guns you know like being pedantic yeah a pedant pedantic so yeah. Oh right! <laughs> no, it's I was fine with with Crinkles coming up with a word for that because I know so no, many I love artists. That. No, I loved it. I just wanted I know, to make sure I got it right. <laughs> I know so many artists that are phenomenal at drawing guns because of madness. They 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 ace the the ability to draw a gun on a character just because they draw madness and because they're part of the community. It's such a big facet. So you having all these different guns, everyone's just gonna appreciate it. And it's the aesthetic. It's part of madness's aesthetic. Like the characters might, for the most part, if they're of the same like uh, tier, they might look the same, but their guns are different. Their methods of attacking I mean, like, are different. Like the gun stats are slightly different, but ultimately it's like, do you want the blue shirt or the light blue shirt? <laughs> do you want the <laughs> Both shirts. This, so it's like, but yeah. but if you care about shirts, like uh, it's a bad analogy. But are you telling me though you did spend the time trying to balance all of these weapons too? 